Now this happened in my senior year of high school when I was 17 years old, about to turn 18. I'm a 5 foot 3, 90 pound female who from a very early age has been lusted over by much older men. So by 17 years old, I had been experiencing it for 6 years now. So by that age, I was already very used to the really creepy gazes that I would randomly receive out in public. But Mr. B, he always gave me more than just a gaze. Though I moved around often and went to very many different schools, Mr. B was the first teacher I had who gave me the creeps on a daily basis. I had a sub or two in the past sneak glances at me or even one who gave me his number, but I never saw them again. With Mr. B, however, it was a daily thrill of anxiety as I always wondered what was next, and as you'll see, it would eventually progress beyond school. I had Mr. B first period, and as a senior who had chosen it as a science elective, I was definitely relaxed and I enjoyed talking to my friends often throughout class. As I said, it was supposed to be an elective science class, but he would often ramble off the entire class periods into his specific political and religious views or just play an unrelated war movie as he had talked to me and my group of friends. Imagine walking into a room and facing 12 o'clock at Mr. B facing towards the door, while the rest of the seats are in front of him facing 3 o'clock. The flag was at like 10 o'clock, so when we did the pledge, we had to stand up and turn around. That'll become relevant later. With the way the seats were, I sat almost directly in front of him, slightly to his right at the back of the class. For whatever reason, he would often intervene in my group's conversations, but no one else's. He would comment on our appearances, which we would always share really blatantly weirded out looks at him. My main two friends and I were the weird kids, so all three of us were all pretty much in black. I had long red hair, light blue contacts, piercings, and often wore super tall heels. He would always compliment me and tell me how much older I looked, and as the awkward person I was, I would kind of just laugh and thank him and keep my eyes down. Soon during the pledge, he would scoot almost five feet over towards me that he could genuinely have his entire left side pressed against my right side as we did the pledge. He would often keep glancing at me and smiling at me as he would do it, sometimes leaning on me so much that I would almost topple over. But because of the design of the room as I explained before, this left the entire class behind us and with them all completely able to see this going on. It was because of this that I somehow justified it in my mind that maybe it was okay. I mean, if it was really a big deal, he wouldn't be doing it in front of the entire class like that, right? But it would continue to progress. The pledge thing became a daily occurrence and even though my friends thought it was weird, they really liked Mr. B. I mean, we had virtually no work in that class, so I just kept my thoughts to myself. He began having us do these really super basic posters because he said it needed some assignments to put in. And as we pushed the tables into groups of four, with everyone leaning over and working on them, he would slide his body against mine, completely pressed against me for way too long, letting his hand linger on my lower back as he passed. Or sometimes while we sat in class watching all the videos, he would tend to pass me and stop behind me, resting his hand on top of my head for a moment and then running his fingers all through my hair before then returning to his seat. The first time he did that, I actually completely froze and whipped my head around in disbelief, but no one else noticed and he had this really weird smirk on his face. I had so much other stuff going on with me beyond that class with him that I didn't really think about it that much at first. 
But then Mr. B began staring me down in the hallway, to the point that my own twin commented on it before I even told her everything that had been happening. It was only when she said that when I told her everything. She agreed that what he was doing wasn't right and that she got bad vibes from him as soon as she saw the way he looked at me. But the looks in the hall or even the touching in class wouldn't have made me post this here. It's when I began seeing him more outside of school that he caught more of my attention. So, I worked at a gas station by myself after school right down the road from the high school, and often until close, and I would also be there on the weekends. As I said, I talked to a few of my friends in the class, and I think this is how he found out so much about me. On the very same day that my job got brought up during class, Mr. B showed up at my gas station later that afternoon, filling up his pump. As the bell chimed when he strutted in the gas station, he smiled wickedly at me from over the counter and asked me a ton of questions. How I liked working there, if it was safe, if I got asked out a lot, etc. I frowned at the latter question and I told him honestly that a lot of creepy men were constantly hitting on me. I unblinkingly stared at him for a moment trying to get my point across, but he didn't notice. He was full on leaning over the counter with his elbows on the counter looking at me when one of my regulars then walked in. He immediately straightened and he told me he'd see me tomorrow. My regular approach with raised eyebrows in question as I just rolled my eyes as he asked, Um, an admirer? I snort and reply flatly, Uh, no, he's my teacher. To which the guy makes a pain face and wags a finger at me as he says, You be good now. You don't want anyone losing a job for you. Before I can reply something snarky back, he walks out laughing. Mr. B began to frequent the gas station pretty much weekly, and he would stare at me shamelessly with that same smirk every time. He would ask me about college, where I was going, what I wanted to do, pretty normal questions. He would also brag to me about how much he loved playing guitar, and that sometime I should check out his band, and that it seemed like my type of music. And every time he came in, he would look to the left, then to the right, stare down at me, and then dramatically ask, Do you know all the things that could happen to you alone in here? I would assure him that I was safe and that I had a baseball bat and a panic button, to which he'd just shake his head and then say, That wouldn't stop me if I really wanted someone. He would come so frequently that one point during the weekend, one evening my stepmother was there, unbeknownst to him, and he then came in and said something like, do you know just how much trouble a girl like you could cause a grown man? And then referencing the song playing on the radio, he added, You make a grown man cry. To which my stepmother stepped out of the back and snapped, Um, excuse me? What does my daughter do to grown men? To which he paled and stumbled over his words apologizing, and said that she misheard him, and without further explanation, he then left, giving me a look. My stepmother badgered me about it until I explained that he was one of my teachers, and she got a really serious look, then asking, Really, Vic? Your teachers too? To which I quickly said back, I don't know what to tell you. He's the only one who hits on me. And the topic was dropped from there. When Monday came, Mr. B had asked me if that was really my stepmom, to which I then said yes, and he laughed and said out loud enough for the whole class to hear not a great first impression, I have to admit. Things just continued to progress throughout the year. Seniors got out close to a month before the rest of the school, so with only a few days left, 
I was really enjoying the time I had left with my friends in that class, especially since they wouldn't be graduating yet. To get my scholarship, I had to do community service hours, and one thing I did towards earning those hours was being the captain of a Relay for Life team. I didn't make the shirts, but because my shirt had captain with my last name on it, Mr. B began darkly saying, Oh captain, my captain, anytime I passed him, and he'd laugh. I was selling baked goods with my team at a small motorcycle festival in my town. It had monthly car shows and alike that we do this at, so I mean, it's not really as weird as it sounds. Anyway, at my last event, there was Mr. B with a group of four other men looking to be around his age. He was holding a beer and was staring at me before I noticed him. They all began blatantly calling out for me, and Mr. B just smirked and watched me. The rest of the day, he and his friends just stared at us, and when my friend and I had to go get change, he and his friends were just staring us down like prey, loudly hooting and laughing. I turned to see them all with eyes trained on us, Mr. B with the same wicked look. On our way back with the change, he ushered me over, but with it getting dark and him being with a group of men that I didn't even know, I just blatantly shook my head no and kept glancing back as I headed back to my stand. I could hear them all laughing so hard at that. It was finally my last day of high school a few days later, so I was really elated to finally be free. I'm going through my shift after my last day of class on autopilot when I then hear the sound of a motorcycle engine. I had been restocking the shelves when I heard it. Now I had a crush on one of my customers who rode a bike, so I immediately got excited thinking it was him. My face must have dropped dramatically as Mr. B then walked in, only feet away from me. Jesus, Victoria. Just because I'm not your teacher anymore doesn't mean you should look so sad. I just shake my head embarrassedly, apologizing, hoping someone else will walk into the gas station to diffuse the awkwardness of this conversation. I try to scurry around him to get behind the counter, but he steps in my way and actually reaches towards my face pulling on my head to try to make eye contact with him. I step backwards, almost falling into the shelving as I do. Mr. B instantly stumbles forward and practically knocks me over, pretending to catch his balance as he grips me and holds me to him. He holds me there for a moment as I push away, trying to get him off. Mr. B is easily almost a foot taller than me, and he then smiles down at me, then saying, Not so tough without those killer heels on, huh, little girl? It's when he asks that that I can practically see unsurety of what to do next across his face. He pulls me back and studies me, and as cowardly as it sounds, I'm frozen in place, unable to pull away. He moves his hands from my wrist up to my shoulders, and then lightly shaking me and whispering, Really bad things will happen to a girl like you in a situation like this. And with that, he lightly pushes me back, and I scurry back over to my counter. And after a really long silence of watching me, he laughs and leans over the counter again and finally orders $1.69 worth of gas onto a pump, even though he's not even pulled up to it. And as I hand him the receipt, he holds onto my hand, not letting go. He then says, My first name is Ryan. If you ever want to message me on Facebook, we could listen to music and have some fun. And you, he says, looking me up and down. Be safe, Captain Red. You never know what can happen. He laughs again and actually squeezes my hand before walking out and revving up his bike. 
He looks at me through the glass door and actually has the audacity to blow me a kiss. He never got the gas. I was really afraid that wouldn't be the last of him, but it was. He came off and on during the summer before I left, but I worked the evenings and we were so busy we actually had two people working at a time, so he never said anything provocative ever again. Looking back, I really wish I would have said something, but so many people liked him and as I said before, he would make it seem okay by doing it in front of the class. He only focused his attention on me in that class, and I don't know why. I wasn't even the best looking girl in the class. I haven't been back to that area since I moved for college a few years ago, and I really don't know if I'll ever go back, because I met so many creepy people there. From what I've been told, he never went to that gas station again after I stopped working there. I know this doesn't sound that bad, but when it becomes something that I had to stress about every single day, and then seeing him randomly at work and elsewhere, it just, it becomes unreal. So Mr. B, I really hope you never did that to anyone else. Please keep your hands to yourself, and seriously, I never ever want to see you again. Hey everyone, sorry for the interruption from the stories, but I want to take a quick second to thank today's sponsor, HelloFresh, for sponsoring today's episode. HelloFresh eliminates stressful meal planning and trips to the grocery store so that you can enjoy cooking and get food on your table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh has a massive variety of easy delicious choices for all three meals a day, plus every snack and special treat in between. I personally enjoy HelloFresh because it's so convenient on days that I don't feel like cooking. Like after a workout at the gym. It's really great for situations just like that. Go to HelloFresh.com dinner12 and use code dinner12 for 12 free meals including free shipping. Once again, that's HelloFresh.com dinner12 and use code dinner12 for 12 free meals including free shipping. Grab yourself some HelloFresh today. America's number one meal kit. Now if you're all ready, let's get back to the stories. The story is told from the perspective of a male. Back when I was a sophomore in college at a college in Ohio, my friend and I were invited to a girl's house to drink a few cold ones. We weren't old enough to go to the bars yet, so we had said why not and then headed over. I should mention that back in the neighborhoods behind campus where the majority of students live is really notorious for people getting jumped and mugged late at night. However, my friend and I were in really great shape and we were the typical college meatheads, so we didn't really worry about this too much. Anyways, we get there with our typical 24-pack of Natty Light and see there are four girls but no guys sitting on the front porch. Pretty good ratio if you ask me. We threw our beers in the fridge inside and then joined them on the front porch. The beer was flowing nicely that night and we were all having a really great laugh. It was really shaping up to be a really great night. It had been about two hours and I was pretty buzzed, but I wanted to keep it going. I announced that I was going inside to grab another beer and my friend said he would go with me. I can't really remember what we had said inside, probably just who we wanted to take home for the night but we were literally inside for not more than like 30 seconds. We step outside and literally all four of the girls are all crying. 
One of them was laying down by the sidewalk. We asked them what happened and they had then indicated that about four guys with their face covered had actually ran up on them and robbed them. They apparently had airsoft guns and when one of the girls wouldn't give her purse, they dragged her down the steps until she let go of it. My friend and I were so pissed off that this happened right under our noses. These guys must have been hiding and watching us for a really long time and were waiting for the right opportunity to have the girls alone. I can't really say how this would have gone if we were on the porch when this had occurred, but I'm sure there would have been a fight. The cops are called and they took all our statements, but of course never heard any follow-up. The girls all canceled their cards shortly afterwards and they had to get new everything, which is a real pain in the ass. A lesson learned with this is to never leave females alone late at night in that kind of environment. I actually got my own sister pepper spraying a stun gun when she went off to college, just so something like this never happens to her. So did the four cowards who waited till I went inside to attack the women. Be very glad we never met. For some context, I'm a 23-year-old female, but at the time of this story, I was 19 years old and in my second semester of college. The college that I went to was in Monterey Bay, California. It was a big campus, but most of the students were all spread out throughout the buildings. At the time, I lived on campus in the dorms that were located in the middle of campus where all the freshmen lived. I had just finished my anthropology class with my friend and we were walking back to our dorms. She lived in the hall right across from mine. They were separated by two doors and stairs on the third floor, so eventually we would split off. Each door can only be unlocked with the student ID of those who live in the building. This is important for later. We were approaching our building when a man had started yelling for us to stop. We waited, but we had kept an eye on him while we watched him approach. I'm a bit of an uneasy person whenever I meet new people, so I always size up people that I meet. This man was slender and short, but slightly taller than me, with dark, messy brown hair and black circles under his eyes. He seemed off to me, so I remained cautious. He didn't have any books or a backpack on him, but he was holding a clipboard with a pencil. He started saying that he was approaching girls with a study he was conducting that when someone is experiencing a loss, they can then feel better when they get the numbers of pretty women. Now, I'm a psychology major, so I kind of just laughed it off in my head. We both said sorry and no thanks, but he kept on persisting. Again we said no, but this time we actually mentioned that we both had boyfriends, so we didn't feel okay about it. I turned away a bit slower than my friend. As we began to walk away, his face turned to anger and he actually reached to grab my friend's arm. Now the thing to know here is not only am I uneasy around strangers, but anytime I go anywhere I always have a pocket knife on me. It didn't take me very long to flick it out at the guy when I then stood in between him and my friend. The surprised look on his face told me that he didn't expect one of us to get defensive about him grabbing us, but he still just stood there watching me. I then told my friend to run to the stairs. It didn't take her long to get to the top, and she had her keycard fully ready to unlock her door. I told him if he followed either of us, I wouldn't hesitate to use my knife on him. I slowly backed away and then bolted up the stairs. He took a few steps towards the stairs, but I had my cart out and I was already inside the hall before he could do anything, and so was my friend. When I finally got into my dorm room, I slid down my door and then just shook for about 15 minutes. I eventually made my way to class and I explained everything that happened to my professor. She told me to email my RA and have my friend do the same. 
After class was over, I went straight to my room and sent the email. My friends and I decided from that day on that we would always walk together everywhere. Nobody went anywhere alone. Two days later, there was a school-wide email alert. The guy that had confronted us wasn't even a student at all. He had apparently been stalking girls to their dorms and then trying to get into their rooms. University police were looking for him, but to my knowledge, he was never found. I never went anywhere on campus alone without a knife, and my friend got pepper spray so that if I wasn't there, she had something to defend herself. I don't want to even imagine what would have happened if I wasn't prepared, or if either of us was alone. I just don't want to think about it. This happened when I was in college. It was a warm Sunday evening in June and my friend Joanne and I decided to go for a walk. We had seen a play on campus the night before, Saturday, and a friend of ours named Lee was supposed to be attending the performance that night on Sunday. Since we had already seen the production, we knew what time it was ending and we hoped to surprise Lee. But we waited and waited and he never came out. It turned out that something had came up and he had not gone to the show after all. Disappointed, we started back home. We walked up this hill from the theater and as we turned around the corner, we noticed a college-aged white guy in a white t-shirt and blue jeans leaning against a tree. It definitely looked suspicious because this was 10.30 at night. As we passed by that guy in the tree, the guy started following us. We sort of tensed up, not really sure what to do. Since it was summer, the college was hosting a cheerleading camp for high school girls. A large group of cheerleaders was coming back from some event and they were not very far ahead of us. I suggested to Joanne that we follow those girls to the dorm they were staying in, wait there for a few minutes until this guy left, and then we could head on back to our dorm. We stayed at the cheerleaders dorm until we were sure the guy must be gone, then we headed out. When we started up the hill going toward our dorm, we looked back and we realized to our horror, the guy had waited for us and he was now following us yet again. We started to panic, not knowing what to do. There was a part of our walk where we had to pass by dorms which were unoccupied since it was summer. If he was still following us at that point, there would be no one who could hear us or see us, and who knows what he would have done to us then. We had no choice though. We had to go by that deserted area in order to get back to our dorm. It was at that point that I remembered a TV show that I had seen on Friday just two days before where a police officer shared what to do if you're ever being followed. He said that what the perpetrator is counting on is the element of surprise. So if you're being followed, you should then turn around so you're directly facing them, plant your feet firmly, and just stare hard at them. It lets the person know that you're very aware of them and that you're standing your ground. And that's exactly what I did. I spun around, crossed my arms with my feet firmly planted, and stared hard at the guy. Amazingly, it actually worked. The guy stopped, not knowing what to do, then gradually backed off, finally turning around and then leaving. I stayed where I was until he was finally out of sight. Then Joanne and I ran as fast as we could until we were finally safely back in our dorm. We didn't go for any late night walks after that. I thank God that I had seen that program two days before. It really saved us from God knows what.